All right, I gotta know. Yes. I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. Ooh, we made it. We made it to the end of Series 1. It's been four years of slogging my way through this. Okay, thank you, coronavirus. It's brought some good things, eh? But anyway, this is the final episode of this little three-episode run at the end of Series 1 here, Within the Serpent's Grasp. Direct continuation from There But For The Grace Of God and Politics. I'm only doing this one for posterity. I hate this episode. It's the worst. I mean, not as bad as Broca Divide, but, uh, oof. Oof. Anyway, so we start with number one. Uh, one point straight away for stock footage at the front door, guys. And we're shredding paper like mad, because the place is being shut down by Kenzie. And Hammond's retiring. I mean, this keeps coming up and up and up. Like, he gets forced into retirement later, and yada, yada, yada. So, this episode begins with the argument that should have been at the end of the previous episode, if you just listen to my episode about politics, you know, my podcast episode. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Like, at the end, Hammond just gives up, and everyone's just down in the dumps about it, and it's like, well, hang on. <laughs> There's something to be resolved here. And instead, they front-loaded it in this episode. I mean, it's good, I guess. This, otherwise, this episode would be literally nothing but running around corridors. And it's so boring already with that much. Anyway, this one was written by Jonathan Glasner. The other ones before this were written by Brad Wright. So this is... What I was thinking was these ones, this little three-episode trio at the end, very, very much like the first ones and... You could basically cut out the middle of the entire season one and um, you just stick these, the front and the end together and they're basically just all you need to take away, really. I mean, it's really just fitting in with and wrapping up that whole storyline that we started with from the feature film. We went here, met Skara, became best friends, then we lost them and here we've got a chance to find them. Like, that's... That's all we're doing here. It's just a nice little wrap-up. And it's really cringingly obvious to me that that's all this is. It's like... Gah. Oh, I hate this episode. I don't have enough alcohol to deal with this episode like I was able to deal with fucking Tin Man. Anyway, what do we got? We got another push and swell point because Jack O'Neill is getting buried. Literally and figuratively. And then, like, Daniel has this big idea to go through the gate. Like, come on. Jack O'Neill was thinking that from the second Tilk said, I have to return. A medical attack. <laughs> Surgical attack, Tilk. Uh, yeah. Funny joke. And then, like, there's this 
announcement over the PA when they escape through the gate of unauthorized gate X. Who's doing that? They're in the fucking control room where the announcements gets made. Good. Anyway, stock footage point for these people walking around. I gave it a point here because these soldiers who are running through the corridors preparing to, you know, put a bunch of soldiers into the gate room, that's not exactly the stock footage guys from the front gate, but it is stock footage guys running through the corridors, and we've seen them before, so I'm giving them a point if I see them now in future as well. Anyway, <clears throat> um, they get through. Let's go. And they it's that shot of the asses running through the gate that makes it into the credits. So there it is. And there's a push and swell right there at the end of the little front beginning portion on Hammond, because he realizes, oh, I'm too late, and they've got away, and now I have to do an enormous amount of paperwork. <laughs> um, yeah, God, this is, now they're in the ship, and they're walking around, it's boring as fuck. We're talking about disguised doorways, transport containers. It suddenly gets interesting, briefly interesting, and I gave it ten points for the wildcard first appearance of Zat Nicotels. Let's call them Zat Guns. And we're talking about the rules, the one shot, the two shots, the three shots. These rules get more and more flexible as we go along, as we all know. <laughs> um, and of course, it's the first appearance of hyperspace. Um, prepare yourself for flat, extreme deceleration. Um, yeah, the gate's not working. They're dialing, but it's not working. What do you mean, it's not working? It's making that sound that it made in solitudes. Um, what do we got? We got a floating orb. This episode is all floating orb and corridors. <laughs> There's no reason for it. They walk into the room, they put it up there, and then they walk out again. Bored. Anyway, I'm just I'm just racing through my notes here. It's just there's nothing happening in this episode. There's no important story going on except for the very end. I mean, I gave it. Mm, I gave it an obvious reference is obvious. I gave it three out of ten. Three points for the reference to... Do you think this Go Old Orb gets Showtime? Which is a reference to the Showtime network. They're on, briefly, and... Okay, I'll just talk here about this um, little dilemma I'm having about this episode, because I read in the Stargate fan wiki that there is a different cut of this episode where right there Jack O'Neill says mmm, ghoul TV which would be a reference to the Simpsons, which would be a 50 point bonus jackpot, but it's not in my my fucking DVD version of this episode and I haven't seen it and I have scoured YouTube and I, there's this one that's in, like, Romanian or something, different language. He might do it there, but I can't even tell what mm, TV sounds like in a different language. So, I don't know, should I give this episode 50 points for The Simpsons reference? Just cause it says so on the wiki page. I'll, I don't think I can, cause I haven't seen it or witnessed it. What do I do? Ah! Life is so complicated sometimes. <laughs> I'll leave it for now and see if I've decided something by the end. But anyway, the rest of this episode, blah, 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 sneaking around. Blah, 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 sneaking around. Goose-stepping, 
uh, serpent guards. Clunk, 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 clunk. We get five points because to break up the tension, they cut back to the SGC, and then Walter appears to say, confirming it was SG one. Blah 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 blah. Talky talky. And then there's this random major who's just like following General Hammond around. Do you recognize him? I don't recognize him. It's Ferretti. When the fuck did Ferretti become a major? He was a sergeant in the film. I am certain of that. And while he could very well have been promoted to chief sergeant, <laughs> which would be an incredible prestigious position, he would not have been commissioned as an officer. The different job. How did they get away with that one? I hope someone was fired for that goof. <laughs> but anyway, he's just a nobody now. Isn't it a shame that he's from the film and they could have capitalized on that and had him sort of step up to save them, just like Kowalski stepped up to save them earlier. But he's just nothing. Ugh. They're still walking around, they find a sarcophagus. Oh my god, we're on board a ship. Oh my god, we can fly at light speed. Blah 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 blah. Chevron 7! I was about to give it points, but Chevron 7 would not lock, of course, because they're on the ship flying around. Oh. But, uh, yeah, we got the first three Zat shots disintegrates. Cool. I guess. Cool, as John Oliver would say. <laughs> um, we have a little, <clears throat> excuse me, we have a little uh, piece of info here about Teal'c. He is only qualified to fly gold death gliders. Now, Aside from the fact that there's no way the ghoul would call them death gliders, they'd call them Zatnikatals or something Egyptian. Um, just let's bear that in mind as we go forward when we see Teal piloting a whole shitload of other stuff, like the cargo ships. He flies a, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the medium bomber. Oh my god. Oh my god, I'm blanking on the name. It's been so long. He also flies a Hatak on occasion. So, yeah. More internal inconsistencies there. But uh, are we to believe this Hatak vessel is the new technology he speaks of, that he's unaware of, that can travel faster than the speed of light, etc.? Because he says, you know, I do not recognize any of this. It is possible as new technology. What? Hataks are new? Is it possible that we started the SD-1 series and started looking around the universe at a time exactly when all the golds simultaneously <laughs> came up with this Hatak? vessel thing, which was like an improvement over a simple pyramid? Is this? Am I to believe this? Oh my gosh. Ugh. Anyway, more hallways. More serpent patrols. It's funny that they have to carry the, the staff weapon in the left hand. Like, to be symmetrical in the two-band wide, two-abreast patrol thing. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, what do we got? We got Apophis, we got Chloral, Skara, Cal Apophis. Chatty chatty, slow motion, walking around, priests, worshipping, ceremonies. <sighs> Fuck, it is boring. All this, all this culture shit. It was boring in the episode Bloodlines with Tilt's family. It's boring now. And where in the hell is Braytac? I could have sworn he was in this episode. Maybe it's in the uh, continuation when we pick up again in series two. Um... What do we got? We got Sam and Dan putting the C4 in the Death Gliders. It's cool to see them up close, I guess, but, like, they really, really look like plastic props, don't they? They look so cheap and nasty. And they don't look, like, as big. 
maybe it's just like the weird perspective that we you know we only see them in that sort of one very big wide shot and we don't see like a human next to it for scale. I don't know. Ugh. More stuff, more stuff, more boring, exercising, ex uh, not exercising, exorcism stuff with Skara trying to draw out the, the evil go old as possessing him. It's so boring. God, it's so boring. It, it takes, it's taken like 35 minutes to get to this point and it really could have taken three we got the capture of Teal and O'Neill, we got the torture, the talkie-talkie, remove the primta, the meaningful eyeglasses, the weird music swells, and oh my god, are they, are they gonna do it? They're doing it. Here they come doing it. Are we gonna stop them? I don't know, but they're doing it. Could we stop them? Maybe we could look around at each other and exchange a glance some more. <sighs> anyway, we finally arrive at the end of this episode, at the end of this spaceship's journey, and they're outside Saturn. And I get a push and swell on uh, Jack O'Neill there. Um, and I also got a... So that's a one point. And I also got another one point for more stock guys walking around the gate. Just to go back there and keep it in the, in the story or something, needlessly. This is Walter talking about Deep Space and Hammond on the red phone to the president. And more walking around the corridors back on the ship and then... Make it stop, please. I'm so bored. Be over. Um, this gunfight at the end. The ship has arrived. It's a, it's arriving at Earth. They're having a gunfight, and Jack has to choose. I love Skara. He's my son. He's like a stand-in for my son. And I also have to stick with Daniel Jackson for the mission. I have to choose. That is what this episode is all about. Good grief. We did not need to wait 38 minutes to get here. Oh, I despise this episode. Ugh. I just want to remove its printer. The most painful death an episode can suffer. But, I mean, the, the gunfight's pretty cool. It's kind of cool for, like, 60 seconds of awesomeness where Daniel Jackson's got the old, uh, double, uh, double-wielding the... Pistols, the old two-gun Jackson in town. Um, and we're talking back at the SGC about turning the place into a command center <laughs> for the entire Air Force. Um, that's already there, General Hammond. It's called NORAD, and it's a few floors above you. Remember, you're in Cheyenne Mountain. <sighs> Riders are stupid. Riders are really stupid. Anyway, there's a pull, uh, one point push and swell at the end. It's actually a pull and swell because they zoom out from the uh, the Peltac or bridge of the uh, Hatak vessel. The big, big zoom out from people's faces to the entire ship to two ships to space. Cool, whatever. I'm glad it's over. I'm <laughs> so glad it's over. Let's count up the points real quick and then we can get the fuck out of here. One, two, three. Four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Fifteen. Twenty. And I've decided I am not going to award the fifty points. Because I'm afraid I didn't, uh... I didn't witness the Simpsons reference. So we're going to leave it at 20 points. Controversial decision here by the referee. Come at me. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in season two. We did it. We're finally done. 
Hi, Andrew from the future here, just noting that I miscalculated the points, and this episode actually has 25, not 20. Small adjustment doesn't really make the episode any better at all. (laughs) 